Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Thank you for the warm welcome. I know people are a little mad these days, but it's an honor to be here on the podcast. Just wanted to let you know that the people at Small Scale Life have built a big, beautiful, huge wall, and they call it Supermax. I think that's really exciting. I really do. I'm honored to be here to talk about it and break the champagne. So I know a lot of people are wondering why I'm here and not doing other things. Well, I just needed a break for about a minute, and uh, it's time to get back. So this is Donald J. Trump. God bless America. We're proud of Small Scale Life. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dahmers. Yes, I'm alive. Trust me. It's been a long time, but I'm back in the seat. Got a good podcast and a post for you today. Thank you for sticking with me. Uh, July, it's already mid-July. Where did that come from? But we've hit mid-July and we're well beyond that old farm saying knee-high by the 4th of July for corn. We're on the back half of stage two of the 2018 garden season. And what does that mean? That means that we are coming in to the favorite time of the year and that's where we're going to start to harvest stuff. And uh, we have to gear up for stage three where we're going to be starting to plant for fall. But uh, we'll cover that at a different time. So it's time for another garden update. It's been a while. It's been a while getting all the rust broken off here. But there's a lot happening in the garden. I can really see a difference in my plants due to some soil treatments and plants I grew in 2017. I'll talk a little bit about that. And I'll include a discussion about the main garden, a new fence. That's why we call it Supermax. Vertical garden, the patio herb garden, and the perennial plants on the property. Keep in mind that August is just around the corner. And it's going to get very busy as we start preserving our harvest. Stuff is going to get ripe, stuff's going to be ready to pick, and it's going to be time. Game on, and we need to talk about that, and that'll be coming up next next week. So next week, we're going to launch into some canning operations and talk about that here on Small Scale Life. But before we begin with this episode, in case you're new to our podcast and blog, Small Scale Life is about a little simple living, a little urban homesteading and gardening, and a a lot lot of of adventures adventures along along the the way. All right, I've been approached by a lot of you who are wondering how you can support small-scale life. You can support our work by purchasing products from our affiliates. Yes, we do have a few affiliates in place now, and we will get paid if you use their products and services. And this this episode, today's episode, has two sponsors, so here we go. The first sponsor of the day is the Rebooted Body Make It Stick Masterclass. As you know, if you've been around for a while... I've been on my own healthy lifestyle journey for many, 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 many years. I've done all kinds of stuff, lots of different diets, lots of different crash diets, and I have to tell you, sometimes you just lose motivation. Sometimes you just lose interest, and sometimes it just feels like losing weight and getting healthy is too damn difficult. You ever feel like that? 
God, it just is so frustrating. Haven't you noticed that I haven't done a lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle update in a long, long time? Yeah, it's been one of those cycles. And are you sick and tired of those yo-yo cycles, those endless yo-yo cycles? I mean, I've been on them, and I'm still on them. And are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? That's the question you have to ask yourself, and someday you will be. So what if you could learn the five secrets of consistency so you can end this damn yo-yo cycle that you struggled with for years? That sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? Well, Kevin Geary, who's been a guest here on the podcast, has developed a Make It Stick Masterclass where you will never need willpower and discipline again. If you listen to some of our old Healthy Lifestyle podcasts, you're going to hear us talk about, man, I wish I had more willpower. I wish I had more discipline. I could wish I could just stick with it. So in this masterclass, you're going to have access to videos, information, and worksheets will get you on your way to getting the body and the life you always wanted. Why not give it a shot? What do you have to lose but those extra pounds, lack of energy, and potential health risks? Use the link on Small Scale Life to start your journey and make it stick today. All right, our second affiliate is Keyword Cheetah. We've talked about them before. There's been a little bit of rebranding just in the name change, but the service is the same. So as a content creator, which I am a content creator, haha, there's nothing more frustrating than sitting down, spending a lot of time writing a great podcast or post, recording that post and video and podcast, posting it, publishing it, and getting literally no traffic that will come and consume that content. We've all been there, especially when we're first starting out, and it gets really, really frustrating. Website traffic doesn't just happen. It isn't a situation where you build it and they will come. It doesn't work like that. You have to develop a steady bunch of traffic. How do you do that? You can develop this steady traffic growth before your content is ever published. How do you do this? Keyword Cheetah is a service that optimizes your SEO rankings by using specific and targeted keywords. When you publish articles using Keyword Cheetah keywords, Google, YouTube, Pinterest will shower you with free traffic. It works. Honest to God, I've been using it. It has really jumped my traffic and improved our rankings of small scale life. Check out Keyword Cheetah for more. And if you order, please use the link on Small Scale Life to support our show. Well, thank you everybody for sticking with us. It's been a while since we've done a podcast and a post. I think it's uh, June 28th was the last time we posted up our trip, our on the road podcast, the kind of a new one for Toma, Wisconsin. And it has been just a crazy, crazy few weeks here. Um, It was the 4th of July week and there was uh, some travel up to Wisconsin, all over Wisconsin, northwestern Wisconsin, central Wisconsin. And then we rolled right into the week after that. It was uh, was kind of a scramble to catch up at work and, and I had a lot of reporting to do. A lot of things that uh, needed to get done. So I was focused on that. And man, just kind of, there was some other, some other travel, some other entertaining, some other things happening. And just uh, this whole week, I've just been trying to catch up. That week, this week, been a lot of presentations, been a lot of traveling. And so it's kind of nice to sit down and just pound out a new blog post, pound out a new garden update. Um, I spent, I think it was Sunday night, I posted up um, a couple two new videos that go along, coincide with this blog post and podcast. So 
feel free to go over to the Small Scale Life YouTube channel or go to smallscalelife.com and the two videos are are there. You can watch them right on the blog and follow along with us. Um, there's a lot of pictures on the blog post too, so if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or all over the web, head on over to smallscalelife.com and you can actually see all these pictures. You can see different things. I've got a, sli- a new slideshow um, feature there where you can scroll through some different videos. You can see the dog laying on the rhubarb. We'll get to that in a little bit. But you can see some different things. And I want to make this more of an interactive experience for you where you can actually see what's going on, see the videos. I talk about different things there. I have a a vertical garden update video. It's about six minutes long. And then a main garden update video that's about 12 minutes long, a little longer, I know. But uh, if you bear through it, you can see a bunch of stuff. I talk about different plants. I show you the fencing and all that good stuff. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But it's nice to be back in the chair. It's nice to be back doing this. Um, I've missed talking to y'all about all this good stuff. I just, man, like, you know, I think I, I think that, uh, that make it stick masterclass would be a great thing. Cause I'm just, sometimes I just feel like I need a little more energy, you know, and we've been working out more here and trying to eat a little better and, and, uh, man, I should probably do a healthy lifestyle update too. Ugh, one of those things that just, you know, my list of to do's is growing. There's always the to do's hashtag always to do's, but, uh, let's jump into this here. It will save all that for future podcasts. Um, there's a lot of content that, uh, life comes at you fast. There's a lot of content, a lot of things to talk about and I'll save all that stuff for other podcasts. So let's get on with it. Get on with it, man. Get on with it. Get on with the garden update. So this is our super max edition. Why are we calling it that? That's kind of a weird title. Uh, Welcome to Supermax, and I'll uh, we'll get there in just a minute. But welcome to the garden. Let's talk about it. So I'm going to talk about a couple things here. We're going to talk about the main garden. We're going to dive into the vertical garden. We'll talk about the patio herb garden. I really haven't talked about that too much, but um, it's a nice little garden. And especially those of you that don't have a lot of space, you don't need to till up your whole yard. And a lot of us, we can't do that, right? We might be renting. We might have an apartment. We might have a condo, and that's just not a allowed not allowed so there is a way that you can grow things with a little herb garden we'll talk about that a little bit and then i'll talk about the perennial plants on the property Ooh, that's a lot of perennial plants on the property lots of peas anyway we'll talk about our peas and cues with the perennial plants on the property but let's talk about the main garden first so i'm gonna be honest with y'all i mean I was getting more than a little worried about the garden this year. I'm not going to lie, right? In the last episode, I've been fighting those common pests, you know, some of these common pests and problems this season. You know, we had the rabbits chewing through the uh, the plastic fencing and chewing up some plants. We had the cabbage worms. We had the digging dog. And we had nutrient defici- deficiencies. And then we also had what I think was a problem was too much leaf mulch and things were getting dampening off disease so the rot the the root the stems sorry the stems were rotting right there on the plant and killing some of these plants so you know just some things that were um, not stacking up too well um of course my whining about cabbage worms is nothing compared to what my friend uh, Harold Thornbro from Small Town Homestead has been fighting in his urban homestead in Indiana. He's had slugs, he's had flea beetles, he's had squash bugs, sow bugs, and now Japanese beetles. It's like he's fighting the seven plagues of Egypt down in his garden, his his homestead this year, and it's been really, really, really tough. And man, Harold... I am sorry, man. You you are winning in not a great way down there with all the plagues you're fighting off there. So compared to Harold's struggle, 
I'm on Ainsley Street. I got nothing to worry about. I got a couple cabbage worms. I can deal with those. I might have had little squash bugs that were popping up. I took care of those. You know, a dog, we've got solutions for that, right? We can do this. But, uh, man, Harold, you've been fighting the good fight down there. I hope you're going to get some uh, produce out of it. Um, Jeez, just keep fighting. You keep fighting. You'll get on top of it. And uh, if you haven't been over to Small Town Homestead, uh, Harold's got a great podcast over there. Feel free to join up. I guess this is another affiliate, but it's not really, not really. But, it, you know, he's got a nice community he's developing there. He's got a, a paywall, and it's like $5 per month. So that's $60 per year. You can get behind the paywall, get some free videos, get some free chats, get some free uh, ebooks. You can also join a forum community, which I've joined. I mean, thank you, Harold, for allowing me to get in. They, uh, they let everybody in there, I guess. But uh, I'm inside and, and inside the wire, and I'm actually interacting with some folks around the country. And there's some folks from Minnesota there, and it's awfully fun to uh, have a conversation about homesteading, gardening, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not Facebook. Woo! which is really cool and it's something i'm really interested in but again this is topics for another podcast down the line but harold has been fighting it he's got a great community feel free to join up tell him that you came from small scale life you know make sure you keep listening to small scale life because we're very cool here but harold's got a great thing going on at small town homestead he's got a great podcast there so after you listen to my podcasts you can go listen to his i'll give you that permission no just kidding i'm just kidding he's got a great he's got great stuff there and i'm really happy to uh to collaborate with him and and i look forward to working with him in the future on some different efforts but uh you know compared to harold's struggle i'm on easy street i got nothing to complain about right and because of this, I, you know, I want to do some more work on garden pests. I think it's really critical. I think a lot of people struggle with that. All of a sudden, their plants dying, and they don't know why. Um, so I want to do a little more work on that. So I'm going to do some work on episode three, uh, season three, episode thirty-one. That was the last garden update I did. That was titled uh, "Common um, Garden Pests." I'm going to change that and and, uh, and adjust that a little bit. I'm, I'm just dealing with issues. I mean, sure, the cabbage worms are a pest, and that needs to be addressed in a whole separate blog post. I mean, I want to dedicate some time to it because I've been fighting these little buggers and uh, yeah you thought I was going to say that other word but no I'm going to say buggers but I've been fighting those guys and uh, I want to dedicate a whole um, post to that so check out episode 31 I'll be adjust making some adjustments there and uh, then moving on anyway so we've had some things that we've been dealing with the dog the cabbage worms um, some other things that I've done that probably wasn't great for the plants and still something wasn't quite right um, I got I got my plants in the ground early this year. I really did compared to other years, and I was I was just expecting the plants to be taller, healthier at this point in the season. Uh, actually, when I was looking at it, even last week or or the week before the July Fourth week, when I was at my brother's in Central Wisconsin, and he's using uh, grow boxes. His plants he planted in June. I did mine. I think he did his in mid June, and I did mine. Even in May, and his were just his his plants were popping. I mean, they were looking great, and mine were just kind of looking really bad. Um, I thought they'd be taller. I thought they'd be healthier. Um, 
sure that layer of leaf mulch from last fall in the garden was i think holding too much moisture in the ground but i didn't think it would be holding back the growth of the plants at the same time i really hadn't done anything to improve the quality of the soil in one of the beds alcatraz bed that's bed one i call it alcatraz after uh you know the the rabbits tried to uh, eat through the plastic to get in and I replaced it with the chicken wire fence and then of course the dog jumped in it but um, you know I made it into Alcatraz impossible to get into ha 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 in that bed I've got some opaca Roma tomatoes and some peppers and they were just really struggling they were really thin really uh, unhealthy and uh, this is, some of the zucchini looked ill too I have three plants in there one of them has been pretty ill from the first part, but man, they just didn't look good, right? There's some discoloration on the leaves, and uh, you compare that, compare those plants to what was happening at bed two, what I call Fort Snelling, which is a fort here in the Twin Cities. Everything was just stunted and struggling. You know, it just, bed two was heads and above better. Now, why is that? Well, bed two, last year in bed two, I planted a lot of peas and beans. So as the season was kind of rounding out, I I flooded the whole thing with, with peas. And I had peas growing everywhere. And granted, the rabbits ate quite a bit of them, and some of them were planted too late in the season to do anything. But I think it really enhanced the soil. I think it dropped a lot of nitrogen in the soil. And if you look at the cherry tomato plants, um, the, the cherry tomato beds, uh, plants, I've got one in bed one, one in bed two. The ones in bed two are a good foot taller, maybe even more, a foot taller than the ones in bed two. And uh, same plant, came from the same place, you know, just plants were struggling in bed bed one. So something had to be done. So I removed all the excess leaf mulch. I did that after I did that update. Um, actually, before I did the update, last update. And then I decided to feed the plants. And I know some of you might cringe at this, right? I mean, you, you uh, <laughs> oh, fertilizer, oh no, not organic, but um, it's okay. You know, I needed to give, I needed to boost the nutrients in the soil. So I did give the plants a mixture of 10-10-10 fertilizer. That's the strongest stuff that you can probably find in the Twin Cities at a big box store. So I had a bag of 10-10-10 and I mixed that with some Epsom salts and then the Mitlighter Gardening Micronutrients. And that's uh, those are available at growfood.org. And what that are, what those are, a bunch of micronutrients instead of that aren't the N- NPK. Those are the other things that plants need. And you mix one of these bags of micronutrients. It's a smaller bag, you know, about the size of your of your hand with the Epsom salt and then the fertilizer and you mix that together um, a whole bag of fertilizer a whole a bunch of Epsom or some Epsom salt and then the whole bag of those micronutrients and you mix it up in a five gallon bucket and you're good for several seasons um, so what I do is I use a cup of this 10 10 10 fertilizer with the micronutrients in it and then about a half cup of the Epsom salts in a five ga- gallon bucket of water and I mix up the solution I mix it together and then I apply the liquid to the area immediately around the stem of the plants. I don't water, I don't dump the whole bucket out on the whole garden, but I just really target the plant. And I actually, um, I didn't do this to the beans. The beans are a little different. They're dropping nitrogen and nutrients into the soil as they grow. But what they need, and you'll probably notice this if you grow beans, you'll look at the leaves and they'll start to get brown on the tips of them they'll start to they'll start to look a little 
like they're uh, they're starting to die. And that is an indication that they need some Epsom salts. So you can mix up like a half cup of Epsom salt in a five-gallon bucket of water and give it to them. And and also your tomatoes can use that and your um, your peppers can use that as they're starting to put out peppers. It's going to it's going to enhance your plants. And it's, you know, it's not terrible chemicals, you know. You're going to you're going to help these plants along cuz they as they are producing fruit, as they are growing, they they need nutrients too. They're just like people. They need nutrients. So after I added this solution to the plants, um, I noticed almost immediately that all the plants perked up. I mean, they just all started to green up. They looked a hell of a lot better. You know, discoloration around the zucchini leaves stopped. Uh, the biggest zucchini just, it got bigger and it started to grow. And I've got two really nice zucchinis growing under there right now with more on the way. These tomatoes all started to grow. I mean, right now I've got one cherry plant, cherry tomato plant in Fort Snelling that's almost seven feet tall. And I want to see how tall this is. I've gotten them up to 15 feet tall before. I want to see if this guy's going to grow up that tall. Um, the peppers have doubled in size and they're showing buds. In fact, I know that I've got one banana pepper that's already starting to form. So, whew. I'm starting to sigh a little, uh, little breath here because, man, I was really nervous. Things were just not kicking like they should have something was screwed up you know since the last garden update in episode 31 um at the end of june i've already harvested some basil i've harvested broccoli my first head of broccoli we had it for dinner tonight it was delicious it was awesome it was delicious and i had my first cherry tomato too so i've got another cherry tomato two cherry tomatoes that have ripened up and they're ready to be picked and uh i'm i'm ready to harvest the first kohlrabi as well there's a picture of it there on smallscalelife.com so go over to there go check it out go check it out it's a big beautiful kohlrabi it's nice and purple so do that it's awesome right and uh i have to tell you not everything is unicorns and rainbows no it's not not everything is unicorns and rainbows i did lose the weakest zucchini plant this week i mean it just it just it just died (laughs) it's sad it just died what are you gonna do right it was struggling it's been kind of sickly from the start it was kind of a uh sometimes in the in the because i bought this from uh the small grower up in little falls minnesota who had turned his whole yard into a, a small nursery which is really cool but this was kind of an uh sometimes when you buy a little flat you get like an extra one or two plants this was like the extra little plant that was off to the side so in the flat and it was pretty sickly from the start it just it didn't have much of a root root base to it and uh you know it's dead so i'm going to remove that clear that out of there because the big zucchini is taking over the whole thing um the other thing you'll see in the uh, the video is that i'm trying my rope trellis on these things on these zucchini plants uh, we'll see what happens but uh that's something that we'll experiment with this season. Um, and, of course, not everything is unicorn for rainbows. I did lose tomatoes. I lost peppers. I lost broccoli. And I lost basil plants to Karma the Dog's rototillion operations. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that things have really turned around in the main garden. I'm really pleased. I was sweating a little bit. Um I've got that video and, uh, oh, I've got a video and a post coming probably in the next week or so about how I'm growing tomatoes and, uh, and they'll be posted in the near future. Uh, I'm trying something a little different this year and usually I'm very aggressive with my pruning. 
I'm kind of prune it like someone in a hoop house or a greenhouse. But I'm doing something a little different, living on the edge. I'm letting uh, I'm letting a few suckers go, and I want to see if I'm going to get more tomatoes out of this thing. I think I will, and we'll see how we'll check the quality of these tomatoes as they grow. So um, more about that in the future as well. So welcome to Supermax. Supermax. No one ever gets in Supermax. So I've got the biggest change to the garden since episode 31, since the end of June. We installed the new fence around the garden area. And I have to give a little credit, a little credit to Julie. She was concerned that I would freak out every time that Karma the dog jumped into the garden. And she was right. I mean, it was kind of cute when, uh, I mean, you caught... Uh, my real-time reaction in the episode 31 where I came home from Wisconsin and noticed all the damage and I just was like oh my god and that was a real reaction um it was kind of okay the first couple times but we're at the point of no return in the garden right I mean if we lose something now if we lose a plant if the dog jumps in there and jumps out and pulls up three tomato plants with it with the dog uh, it's going to be really tough. Uh, it's going to be impossible to replace that with our limited growing season. We're in zone 4B here. We've got snow coming in October or November. So time is of the essence. Some of these heirlooms are being really fussy this year. So plants just cannot be replaced with our limited growing season. You know, if you lose a pepper, you lose a tomato sorry it's done right at this point we are beyond the point of no return and if karma the dog dug up anything at this point it would be a loss i just have to write it off and and prepare that spot for greens in the fall so that's kind of where we're at and uh and jules knew that i was i was gonna freak out she's a smart gal she's been around me for uh for a little while for just a bit so on uh july 7th we went to Menards. We bought some of that wonderful, um, those metal posts and that wonderful, it's kind of that green, um, it's almost like hog panel, but it's not that big, not that tall. It's smaller stuff. It was, uh, it's three feet tall. So we have three foot tall metal posts and three, uh, three foot high wire mesh. And, uh, we put it around the whole garden area. Yay! I'm really excited about it, actually. Uh, I fashioned a gate um, on the west side of it, along the fence line. I kind of whipped together a metal post and a a scrap 2x4 and some bungee cords, and I kind of rigged it up so i think something this is something the hillbillies my good friends greg and and uh daniel and the other lumber squatches in ohio would appreciate i think they really would it's uh it's kind of it's interesting but the beautiful thing is it works right it works and the second wire fence works pretty darn well the posts are i spaced them every 50 inches um and we pulled the tight the fences the the wire as tight as we could before fastening it to the posts, and I call it Supermax because I have never had a garden that was this secure. And I'm using my uh, picture Nixon with his secure, you know, air quotes secure. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. But this fence is temporary. And while it's temporary, it's really opened our eyes to the possibilities 
of this future garden area. This whole area, the space. It's probably when we're talking about it, it's going to be like 30 feet long by 12 by 13 feet wide. Um, it's a whole area that I can have. <laughs> I can have it from the edge of the house all the way up to the front uh, flower bed along the eastern fence line. And uh, we might be thinking this just might be all garden area and put in a permanent chain link fence to keep the dog out. Now, why would we do something like that? I mean, we've got a fence, right? This three-foot-high fence. Well, secure, again, in air quotes, right? Well, this week, Karma the dog jumped over the three-foot three foot tall wire fence and pranced around the garden area. She wanted to get in there. She wanted to play, so she hopped the fence. Yeah, it was a shock to all of us. We were in the kitchen. We look out the window, and there she is, prancing around the garden area. So, yeah, that was shocking. But we are usually out there with her. We don't leave her out there for long periods of time alone, and uh, we've had really good results so far. I think she was just really excited and really wanted to play. Um, And she looked really sad when I told her that was a no. But uh, we're gathering ideas for the future garden area. It's it it can it's going to be glorious, really nice. Well, you know, right now I'm enjoying this the the relative security compared to the little two foot high chicken wire fencing around the garden beds. But I'm thinking, I'm dreaming. Um, there, I can go a lot of different ways with this. So a nice thirteen by thirty foot garden area. That's the biggest one I've had. And we can do some very, very, very wonderful things there, and I can't wait. So more on that as we move towards next season, because this is, uh, as we go towards, um, as we get into October, um, it's going to be time to make some changes. The The raised beds are going to get uh, dismantled, and that whole area is getting tarped. <laughs> it's time to play, but uh, I'm really excited about that. If you can't tell, I think it's going to be wonderful and it's going to just open up a whole new way to look at this garden area and what we're going to do there. Uh, is it going to be wicking beds, self watering planter beds? Is it going to be vertical gardening? Is it going to be a combination? Is it, we're going to add some perennial plants in there. Yeah, I think all of the above, it's going to be a lot of fun. So more on that later as we start to, go down those paths so let's talk a little bit about the vertical garden right um in the recent article i discussed how to build the vertical garden and and in that post i discussed uh planting onions basil and a variety of peppers in the two vertical garden planters uh, this is an experiment you know i know i can grow basil in this thing uh, i've done that i had over a hundred and some plants probably almost close to 200 plants in the uh, vertical in uh, a couple of garden beds in the vertical garden uh, back in St. Louis Park. So I know basil will work. Uh, I wanted to see what happens with peppers, and I really wanted to see what happens with onions. I stink at onions. I'll, I'll be right up front with you. I've struggled with onions. And um, when I wrote the previous articles about vertical planters, vertical gardens, onions were one of those crops that apparently didn't do well. Eh, we'll see. They're doing all right. I'm, I'm pleased so far, so we're going to just cross our fingers and see what happens um one tip if you're going to build one of these if you're considering this method you do need to stay on top of the watering check the soil daily 
And these planters dry out fast, right? There's only three inches. The soil is three inches deep, three inches wide. So they do dry out fast. And you can end up with some rock-hard soil and some fried plants in just a matter of days, especially in the intense sun of summer, right? Some of these, you know, down in Texas, poor Michael Bell, he's fighting 108 degrees down there. I wouldn't try the system down there. There's not enough soil. These things will dry up like... They'll dry up, so don't try it down there uh, unless you have a good watering system figured out. Um, but check it every day; they dry out fast. You know, my planters have a good amount of shade due to the shadow from the house next door, but I do have to check check the soil and the plants almost daily. You know, we got rain today; it was a beautiful thing. I didn't have to water anything. Um, you know, for people that travel a lot, this gutter garden method might not be the best for you unless you can figure out an automate some way to automate your watering system. But uh, overall, I think the plants are growing well. Um, the onions are getting taller, and the peppers and basil are growing. Um, as I discussed in the vertical garden update video on smallscalelife.com, I fed these plants as well. I mean, really, when I planted this, I took garden soil right out of a bag and added some vermiculite to it. I didn't add any compost. I didn't add any additives. I just took soil right out of a bag from Menards and put it right into the, the uh, mixed some vermiculite in it and threw it right in the gutter. So I know for a fact there's not a lot of life in the soil. You know, there's no worms in there. You're not getting any worm castings. Um, so I decided to feed the plants using the 10-10-10 fertilizer, micronutrients, Epsom salt, and water mix. Um, had some left over. I just, you know, with a watering can, just kind of added it, not soaked it, just added some and the plants mixed uh, perked right up they've gotten bigger and greener since the application i think they were looking for micronutrients and they've just they really perked up after that application so i'm watching these peppers for buds i'm waiting waiting fingers crossed i'm hoping to get some peppers out of these um and i'm waiting for the onions to run the course right um as soon as the onions are done i'm gonna take those out and i'm gonna plant I'm, I'm going to plant greens in the planters for the fall. So I'm looking forward to having a lot of greens going on and, and try some out. So I might even have a order to Johnny's to get some different greens from them. Give them a try. So, so that's the vertical garden. It's going pretty well. Knock on wood and we'll see what happens, right? So let's talk a little bit about the patio herb garden. I really haven't talked about this too much, but, um, it's a really simple garden, uh, you know, Julie wanted to have some fresh herbs for cooking this year, and and since the room in the garden was limited, ha ha ha, um, she decided to plant her own herb garden on her patio. You know, it's going to be right out the door, right out by the kitchen, and it looks nice, and it's cute, and it's pretty, and and all those good things. So, um, you know, she used a planter given to us by our neighbors in St. Louis Park before they moved out, and then we moved out later. But uh, she used a planter that we had on hand. And, uh, you know, in that planter, she added rosemary, cilantro, lemon, peppermint, and thyme. So it's, um, it's, it's a really nice little planter, you know. And uh, I also had some herbs. I had dill and I had oregano. I had the sorriest little oregano plant you've ever seen. Just I, I put a whole seed packet in the plant in the uh the seed cells and uh, a whole roll of seed cells and i think i only got one to pop up and i planted that one and it is going to town it's going crazy it was in a galvanized steel bucket next to the to the planter so um 
Yeah, things are growing really well in that planter. The cilantro grew well, and it bolted like it always does. It just, it, it, cilantro is here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing, you know? And I tried, I was doing a little experiment. I tried to take off all the flowery tops, and uh, it just tasted too woody. It just didn't taste good. So we removed it, and she replaced the cilantro with with a sage, and that's growing really well. You know the dill is is a loss. I was really bummed about that. I I need dill. <laughs> I make a lot of dilly beans, dill pickles, and I wanted to have my own dill this year, but it's a loss. Someone, a rabbit probably, thought the dill was a tasty snack, and they chewed the tops off of it. Um, you know, even though Karma the dog roams the backyard, and no rabbit would dare come into the yard with her in it. Um, they found a time to visit at night, and they ate right from the patio. Go figure. And I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and they said, this is quite the year for rabbits. They are everywhere in the neighborhood. And I totally agree with her. I mean, that wasn't really a lady's voice. But anyway, there's a lot of rabbits in the neighborhood. They're running around our neighbor's yard and, and all over the place. And I know we have one that visits often in our yard. So overall, the patio herb garden is growing really well, especially the mint, rosemary, and oregano. And uh, it's really nice to have fresh fresh herbs at your fingertips. And uh, we'll need to preserve preserve them and dry them before the winter i'd like to see if i can overwinter the uh, the rosemary i might need to dig it up and bring it inside but we'll see we'll see what happens there right it's kind of fussy so we'll see if we can do that so let's talk a little bit about the perennial plants in the in on the property so one of the things that we will be doing to this property is growing more edible and useful plants in our landscape um, right now we have rhubarb plants and, uh, my mother-in-law started those from my rhubarb plants in St. Louis Park, the house we moved from. And I love those two plants, man. They were huge. They were huge, but they were awesome plants. And, uh, you know, we already har- took one cutting. We already harvested once and made some really good, delicious, delicious rhubarb strawberry crisp. And I've got the recipe. I'll put it up here on small scale life. Um, need to get more recipes on the blog too, but it was great. It was really good stuff. And I'm, I'm ready for another cutting. Um, the plant is about ready for, for us to take another crop of rhubarb. And, um, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, the plants growing and karma the dog just decided yesterday or so that she was going to lay on the plant to cool off we were playing ball and she loves to play ball for hours on end and she needed to cool down so while i was checking the garden and she was getting a drink then she came over and plopped right down on the rhubarb so i'll harvest what i can and let the plant grow for the rest of the season but uh that was kind of funny that she just plopped right on the rhubarb thanks thanks awesome um, earlier this season, I received a package from Greg, Greg Burns at Nature's Image Farm, and it included eight comfrey crowns, right? So I was really excited because I never have grown comfrey, but I know it's really good. Um, you know, some you can feed to livestock. You can also use it for fertilizer. You can use it as, uh, you know, for its healing properties, too. You know, if you have a cut, you can put comfrey on it it'll it'll heal up pretty quick so um i planted these along my western fence line uh unfortunately karma the dog dug up most of those plants so i lost like five of the eight crowns i think i think they're dug up and gone there's big craters there anyway um 
you know, I did get three plants to grow, which is cool. I'm really pleased about that. Uh, I thought I had a fourth one coming, but it, it looked like it died out. So I was a little, a little bummed out about that. But I have three plants coming, three plants growing. I was getting a little nervous that they weren't getting very big. So I talked to Greg about them. He assured me that coffrey is really hardy. I mean, just a little, little piece of the crown, and you suddenly you've got a coffrey plant. And he was saying that, you know, they're in shade a lot of the day, so they're just growing slow. But as soon as they get some full sun next spring, you know, before the leaves come in, they'll take off. Before the trees leaf out, they will take off and get pretty big. And I've seen some of the pictures of the comfrey at Nature's Image Farm. Wow, looks awesome. And uh, Greg's got some great stuff. So if you have a chance, and I'll be advertising, I'll be talking about it when he's got it again. When he's got it, um, you know, take advantage of it. Get some comfrey. So he suggested putting some wood mulch and compost around them, and I think I'll do that. Um, I've been finding two things with this with the soil in this yard in Minneapolis. Um, it's really root-bound from all the trees in the yard, you know, the maples and the lilacs next door. And it's just, there's a lot of roots in the ground. And even in the garden beds, there's a lot of these roots that have infiltrated underneath and come up into the uh, garden beds and are just, you know, it's uh, the plants that I put in the garden beds are really struggling and fighting these other plants. So um, that is something I'll have to keep in mind as I design the garden for next year, how to keep the roots out and let my plants grow. Um, and it's something to remember with um, with any perennial plants we put in. We're going to have to deal with these roots. And the second thing is, this yard does not seem to have a lot of nutrients in the soil. Um, just It just doesn't. So we'll have to see what we can do about that in the future. I'm, with comfrey, I can make a comfrey tea and uh, comfrey compost tea. I know Greg did that earlier this year for his garden, and it worked worked really well. So I'm looking forward to using comfrey as a, as a fertilizer. Um, so with the new garden space on the horizon, I'll have a great opportunity to put some more perennial plants into that garden area. And I think, uh, you know, I think the area could use some asparagus, and uh, I'd like to expand that rhubarb patch a little bit. Maybe get some extra comfrey in there. We'll see what other trouble I can get into. But I don't want, you know, I know somebody was telling me that I should put, uh, you know, bring bring some of those blackberry and raspberry canes home from my land in central Wisconsin uh, to plant in the yard. And I just, man, man, I know those plants just go to town and they just take over everything. So I don't want to do that. Uh, I want things to be very functional, very useful. And I have a whole... 38 acres actually 100 and probably 100 acres full of berries in central wisconsin so it'll be up to us to get over there and to use those resources there next year like last weekend was probably the best weekend to be down there picking berries but we had other obligations here in the twin cities so let's put this all together and get out of here tonight as i you know as i think back as i read back through the garden update and think about the 2018 season. And I don't know. I've just had times this year where I haven't been very patient. You know, I've wanted big plants and big tomatoes. And I want this stuff now. Um, I feel like that kid on Willy Wonka. I want it now, Daddy. But, um, you know, it's patience, right? Plants grow. 
when you give them sun, soil, and water, the three basics, right? And sometimes they need a little food too. They need some nutrients just like we do. So I have to re- I have to relax and be patient as plants do their thing. You know, they're going to they're going to grow. It's going to take time. That's why, you know, the seed packets say 80 days or 60 days or 40 days. It takes time. They're growing. You just can't grab them and by the stem and shake them and say grow faster taller produce more you just can't do that they're going to grow when they're going to grow they're going to do their thing you just have to be patient and i'm telling this is all memos to me but it's just something that i that was occurring to me today as i wrote this so you know everything will happen in its own time and when the plants bear fruit we will be hustling to preserve that harvest you betcha you bet (laughs) um and what the heck? You know, I've been talking, I've been, uh, in the last couple podcasts, I've been alluding to a new affiliate coming on board, um, and I'm really excited about it as um, as we get, uh, I'm not quite ready to, to roll this out yet. I got to do a little work on my end, but this is going to be really cool. Um, you're going to learn a lot, and uh, this is one of those must-have canning um, canning classes. You're going to have to do this. So um, I'm going to roll this out next week. So be prepared for that. Be watching it. I'm going to probably go to the farmer's market this weekend and get some things. We're going to start the salsa process. Um, I've been in a little competition with my uh, brother-in-law, David, down who just moved down to Texas. He's been canning this week. So we've got a competition coming and we might have to run this the salsa competition. So if you're interested in the salsa competition, hit me up in the uh, in the comments of this or send me a, contact, uh, a message to contact us. But we're going to run the third annual salsa contest here on Small Scale Life this year. So gauntlet has been thrown. Before he left Minnesota, we threw down the gauntlet. So we are having a salsa contest. We are having canning classes. We're going to offer those. And uh, it's time to get moving. It's time to get moving. So, um, yeah, enjoy the process. You got to have some fun like this. I got to have patience. You got to let it roll. As my boys say, let the river take you where it takes you, right? These plants are going to grow. They're going to do what they're going to do. And then we're going to hustle preserve all that when we're done so it's going to be a lot of fun we're just gonna we're just getting started in this year i mean there is a lot coming and it's gonna be a lot of fun so stay tuned to small scale life thank you for being there even though i uh took a little break here it seems like every year around july i take a little break I need to retool and reset um so until next time you know make sure you're you're doing what you need to do um, oh, one more thing before I go. I do remind, want you to, want to remind you about the gardening gateway on smallscalelife.com. It's the gardening tab. Hit that gardening tab. There is a ton of information about gardening on on that page on Small Scale Life. I've got all the articles I've done. I've done the podcasts. It's all documented right there. There's a little more detail on that page. So, or, a, you know, a little description. So you go to that page and you see, oh, this podcast is about blah, 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 blah. And I'll kind of detail that out for you. So there's a lot of resources there about starting plants, growing stuff indoors, um, blight and pests. We're going to add to that section. We're going to talk about vertical gardening and other topics there too. So that's where the wicking bed stuff is going to go and that's coming up as well so man there's a lot coming up just a lot coming up so 
thank you for sticking with us. Stay tuned. We got really good stuff coming. We've got some really good guests coming, and I'm really excited. And uh, until next time, this is Tom from Small Scale Life. Continue to learn, do, and grow. We'll check you next time. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. I sound like a dumbass all the time, so. Yes. Yes.